From uh, about 15 years on up, uh, a great deal of my thoughts were uh, basically unshareable. We are all evil in some form or another. Yes, I am evil. Not 100%, but I am evil. My mother was a, a sick, angry, hungry, and very sad woman. I hated her, but I wanted to love my mother. This is serial killing. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A podcast. Hello and welcome to Serial Killing, a podcast, where we also veer off the serial killer path to delve into other topics within our beloved true crime community. Special thanks to some of my patrons, as always. Janice, Pixie, Rachel, Whitney, Maya, Alethea, Elena, Katoras, Catherine, Sam, Linda, Katarina, Teresa, Sophie, Nanette, my dear two Emmas, Emily, Galen, Bree, David, John, and my spicy girl, Judy. Thank you so, so much. You are truly appreciated. And for anyone else, please feel free to join my patrons so that I can bring you more of what you crave. Also, like, share, and subscribe. It just might help our little community grow. In this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about incels. Now, for those that aren't familiar with that term, an incel is a member of an online subculture of people who define themselves as unable to get a romantic or sexual partner despite desiring one. In various incel forums, they are characterized by resentment and hatred, misogyny, misanthropy, self-pity, self-loathing, racism, a sense of entitlement to sex, and the endorsement of violence against women as well as sexually active people. Urban Dictionary defines incel as, quote, involuntarily celibate, someone who is celibate but doesn't want to be, end quote. And choosing celibacy is a valid choice, no judgments here. But I think most of us don't actively choose to be celibate. The difference between the vast majority of the population who want to have a sexual encounter or partner, but not finding that, and an incel, is that incels seem to have a sense of entitlement, whereas the rest of us just deal with it, so to speak. But their sense of entitlement can grow into a very dangerous obsession. In fact, according to an article from The New Yorker, quote, incels aren't really looking for sex. They're looking for absolute male supremacy, 
End quote. So let's talk about a case of an incel that you might have heard about in the news. When I decided to cover this, immediately the first person that came to mind was Elliot Roger. Elliot Oliver Robertson Roger was born on July 24, 1991 in London, England. His father is British filmmaker and photographer Peter Roger. Peter is internationally known and has won several awards over his career. He was even the assistant director of the 2012 movie Hunger Games, to give you an idea. Peter's father and Elliot's grandfather, George, was himself a world-famous photojournalist. He was most well-known for his work in Africa, as well as photographing mass deaths at a concentration camp at the end of World War II. So, Elliot's paternal side is something to be respected. His mother is Lee Chen Roger, born in Malaysia and was a nurse. In fact, she had been a unit nurse on the set of the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Elliot, who wrote about his parents, said, quote, I was born to young parents. My father, Peter Roger, was only 26 when he impregnated my mother, Chin, who was 30. Peter is of British descent, hailing from the prestigious Roger family, a family that was once part of the wealthier upper classes before they lost all of their fortune during the Great Depression, end quote. He also said his mother was of Chinese descent and had been moved to England at a young age. She had indeed been a nurse, rubbed elbows with famous people, and had even apparently dated the George Lucas for a brief time. But Peter and Chen met, fell in love, got married, and a couple of years later, she gave birth to Elliot. Now, Elliot made a point to bring up the fact that Chen had been on birth control pills, not wanting to get pregnant, but she had fallen ill, had to take medication, most likely antibiotics, and those had lessened the effect of the birth control. Then he goes on to speak on his parents' lovemaking, which is awkward to read, to say the least. So the first five years of his life were spent in the countryside of Sussex, Chen's mother moved in with the couple to help with the children, and Elliot spoke fondly of time spent with his grandmother. When Elliot was still a toddler himself, his parents had another child, a baby girl they named Georgia. Before the age of five, he had traveled quite a lot, Malaysia to his mother's home country, France, Spain, Greece. But his father's film career was really taking off, and they decided to move to Los Angeles in the Woodland Hills neighborhood when Elliot was five. His parents appeared very much the loving, attentive parents anyone could ask for. His father regularly took him to a park and pushed him on the swing sets. Both doted on him. Peter would later say that Elliot was the happiest young child and would laugh so much and so heartily that he and Chen would worry he would choke. But this bliss would not last. The family moved from Woodland Hills to Topanga Canyon and settled in nicely. But Peter and Chen began to argue quite a bit, and six-year-old Elliot remembered their outbursts, but... As such a young child, he didn't know what they were about. 
just after his seventh birthday. Though his mother had apparently assured him it wouldn't happen, his parents announced they were divorcing. As most children are, Elliot was devastated. He would be with his mother during the week and with his father on weekends, a schedule not dissimilar to the one a lot of kids endure under such circumstances. But only a couple of months after the announcement, Elliot describes going for a visit to his father's house and he met who would be his future stepmother, Sumaya. They got along very well at first, but she began trying to help discipline him, which he resented, and their relationship would become strained. But other than having nannies and other things that come with being incredibly rich, he had a typical childhood of playdates, falling in love with video games, Pokemon, and skateboarding. Chin kept her friendship with George Lucas, and he invited her and Elliot to the red carpet opening of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Elliot instantly became and stayed a huge fan of Star Wars. So again, reading his manifesto, it was around the age of nine that he said he began to notice what he described as a perceived inadequacy compared to his other male peers, his height. He began to really consciously realize he was much shorter than the other boys and most of the girls as well, and he believed the taller boys were respected more. Elliot also noticed that the other boys seemed to be better at sports, and this added to his feelings of inadequacy. He admitted he had always been a jealous kid, but this growing awareness brought the jealousy to a full simmer. He and his stepmother's relationship, at least from his perspective, continued to be negative. Only the incidents he described seemed reasonable to me. He had a friend over to play, and that friend was paying attention to his little sister. He had a temper tantrum about it, so Sumaya sent him to his room for one whole hour to cool off, and yet he described this as if she had used corporal punishment. I only wish my punishments had been that easy. But he believed she had humiliated him, so he said he never had friends over to his father's house again. So the stories he told in his manifesto of his childhood are just oozing with overwhelming self-pity, desperation to attain things, and when he didn't get them, he would throw nuclear-sized temper tantrums. He spoke often about crying a lot when he didn't get his way. And when he did things like have Peter or Sumaya take him to get his hair bleached, or both Peter and Chin indulging in his various phases in the hopes of being cool, and the other kids didn't automatically act as though he was the coolest kid in the room, he would become very angry. Elliot actually stated, quote, I don't remember any kids showing recognition of my new coolness, end quote. That statement has a certain tone to it. So again, even though I have studied human behavior for nearly my entire life, I don't have a PhD, so I'm not officially qualified to diagnose anyone. But I can speculate, and it is my educated opinion, based on his own written manifesto, that he at the very least displayed a mentality and behaviors of narcissism that can absolutely manifest in childhood.
This disorder is a mental health condition where a person has an overly high sense of self-worth and wants others to admire them. The symptoms of narcissism in children are similar to the symptoms seen in adults with NPD. However, there are some differences between the two groups. Symptoms include arrogance and a sense of superiority, belittlement of others, desire to only associate with people viewed as superior to others, entitlement feels they have the right to something that they don't, envy, excessive need to be admired or have attention, extreme negative emotions or lack of emotion in response to negative or lack of attention, extreme sense of self-importance, talent or achievement, perfectionism and negative emotions in response to falling short of perfection. And boy, does every single one of these fit when it comes to Elliot all of his childhood up right until before puberty. I think all of us can agree that puberty is a brutal time for everyone. Even the kids who seem to sail right through it have their own troubles. So it comes as no surprise that Elliot was struggling with the whole transition of it. He was still self-conscious about his height, but he also said, quote, I thought all of the cool kids were obnoxious jerks, and yet somehow it was these boys that all of the girls flocked to. Everything my father taught me was proven wrong. He raised me to be polite, kind gentlemen. But the polite, kind gentleman doesn't win in the real world. The girls don't flock to the gentleman. They flock to the alpha male. End quote. Here we see the beginning thoughts of what will eventually develop into an incel. Elliot, when speaking of the years just before high school, would refer to people by their race in what I would interpret as a negative way. He would also say things like, quote, Alfred, a half-black boy whom I would have a semi-friendship with throughout the years, was intensely disliked by everyone, mainly because he was ugly, end quote. And just in the next paragraph, he spoke about how his mother and grandmother, quote, always knew what I liked and went out of her way to get it for me just to put a smile on my face, end quote. Without reading his manifesto, the tone again might be lost on you, but you get the sense that he had his mother most of all, but also his maternal grandmother on a pedestal because they gave him or purchased for him anything and everything he wanted without question or pause, being overly indulgent. You get the sense that he felt they all but worshipped him. And of course, I'll link his manifesto in the information below. Elliot speaks about how, at the age of 13, his social life was completely over. His mother was forced to move into an apartment, much to Elliot's disgust, because he thought everyone might think him poor. He indicated that having any acquaintances over to that apartment would be so humiliating that he forgo continuing friendships. This was the beginning of what he would continue to call his social void. He was still the shy, quiet kid, and during puberty, he spent nearly all of his free time immersed in the PC game World of Warcraft. 
Then the kids teased him and called him the weird kid, so he coped by further isolating himself within video games. And then Peter and Samaya had a baby boy together they named Jazz. Elliot would indicate in his writings that he was happy about the baby, but he wrote that he was so terrified of teenage girls that he begged his father to enroll him into a private, all-boys Catholic school, and his father obliged him. Only he was bullied fairly badly. He just took it, too terrified to stand up for himself, He must have mentioned some of the bullying to his parents because they took him out of that school and enrolled him at Taft, a public school that was much larger and there would be girls there. Elliot explained that he was absolutely terrified and he had some right to be. He was also horribly bullied there as well because at now 15 years old, he was physically smaller than most of the other male students and due to his overwhelming shyness, the girls didn't seem to take any notice of him. He said, quote, I was completely and utterly alone. No one knew me or extended a hand to help me. I was an innocent, scared little boy trapped in a jungle full of malicious predators and I was shown no mercy, end quote. Needless to say, his parents took him out of Taft and enrolled him in a continuation high school, which are quite small, and the kids are only required to be there for a few hours a day, and then they can complete their work at home. Elliot thought this would be perfect, and for the most part it was at least acceptable. It gave him even more time to withdraw and spend as much time as he possibly could playing World of Warcraft. Only Sumaya wasn't having it. She tried desperately to limit his game time and assigned him small chores to do around the house to try to teach him some responsibility. He absolutely loathed doing any kind of domestic work, stating that's what the nanny was for. And if he had a temper tantrum, his stepmother would take his computer away for a day or two. And he said, quote, this was the most horrible thing she could do to me to take away my only source of joy left in this world, end quote. As he completed high school, he spoke a bit about wanting to be a dictator and outlaw sex completely. He often got lost in his fantasies about world domination. He seemed to purposely seek out situations that perhaps subconsciously he knew wouldn't be successful with regards to meeting girls or becoming miraculously popular, then become enraged because the outcome was, quote, exactly what he knew would happen. Over and over he did this to himself, each time proving his point to himself, negative reinforcement. He began Facebook stalking male acquaintances that he knew were well-liked and attracted girls just to see their posted pictures out having a great social life. This added tremendous fuel to the fire of his hatred and disgust of people, especially girls. And his personal life was indeed becoming quite stagnant, so Chin started pushing him to get a job. At this point, both of his parents could obviously see that their son was suffering. 
Chen hired a life coach for him to help him overall, but to also help him get a job. This was unsuccessful because he refused to work any job he deemed was beneath him. He said, quote, I am an intellectual who is destined for greatness. I would never perform a low-class service job, end quote. Another male acquaintance of Elliot's, who quite frankly grew tired of his constant complaining, said to him, quote, no girl in this whole world will ever want to fuck you, end quote. So when Chin began dating a rather wealthy man, Elliot pushed and pushed her to marry him, and she would say she was in no hurry. Elliot was very upset at this, writing, quote, I told her she should sacrifice her well-being for the sake of my happiness, end quote. Yes, he wrote that. I'm not even kidding. And then he started college. He fantasized about having a beautiful blonde-haired girlfriend, and she would hold hands with him while strolling along the campus grounds. Instead, he went out of his way to locate and watch young couples be affectionate, and the running sentence in his head was, quote, What did I do wrong that he did right? Why do girls hate me? End quote. You see, he blamed girls for denying him sex and love. He convinced himself that he would never have love, never have sex. He said all girls had deemed him unworthy of it. Then after his 19th birthday, we begin to see him speak about getting revenge on anyone who insulted him. He called anyone who wasn't him or someone exactly like him his enemies. His relationship with his mother was still pretty good, but not as strong as it had always been. He all but hated his father and loathed his stepmother completely. He obsessed nearly every waking moment about how no girls would give him a chance and fantasized specifically about girls with long blonde hair. So, both of his parents, who recognized his life wasn't going in any direction, decided that him going off to have an independent life might be the best thing for him. They sent him to go to college in Santa Barbara at UCSB. His father would pay for his college tuition, and his mother would pay for his housing and his car. His father gave him the book, Quote, the Secret, which is a book that talks about the law of attraction. That, long story short, if you visualize and put out into the universe your intentions and things you want, you will naturally attract those things to you. And Elliot stated he was fascinated by its meaning. But when this didn't immediately work, he vented to the one friend he had about how he wished he could make all the teenage couples and people happily engaging in sex suffer. He talked about if he had had all of the power in the world, he would perform torturous acts of revenge on anyone who had insulted him or lived a better life than him. His tremendous jealousy and anger was just below the surface. He was moved into the Capri Apartments in Isla Vista, very close to the campus, and had two roommates. And though he was excited for the chance at a clean slate, 
He convinced himself that his mother just wanted to be rid of him and was willing to pay for his rent and car just to get him away from her. And he took this opportunity to think of it as him giving the world one last chance to give him the life he felt entitled to. And if this move and college didn't change things, quote, I will have my vengeance, end quote. One of his first weeks there, a friend of one of his roommates came over. And as the boys began to chat, Elliot asked him if they were virgins. The boy that was invited over said that he had lost his virginity at the tender age of 13 to a blonde white girl. Elliot wrote, quote, How could an inferior, ugly black boy be able to get a white girl and not me? I am beautiful. I am half white myself. I am descended from British aristocracy. He is descended from slaves. I deserve it more. End quote. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So we see here that Elliot was a racist, and if not fully racist, he at least had racist attitudes, and he didn't exclude any people that weren't what he deemed white. This wasn't the first time he brought race into his angry thoughts about what he felt he deserved, and his elitist attitude didn't help matters either. He went on to say that, quote, "'Females truly have something mentally wrong with them,' Their minds are flawed, and at this point in my life, I was beginning to see it. End quote. Racism, elitism, and misogyny. Not long after, he saw a couple canoodling in a store, and he wrote, quote, I wanted to do horrible things to that couple. I wanted to inflict pain on all young couples. It was around this point in my life that I realized I was capable of doing such things. I would happily do such things. I was capable of killing them, and I wanted to. I wanted to kill them slowly to strip the skins off their flesh. They deserve it. The males deserve it for taking the females away from me, and the females deserve it for choosing those males instead of me. End quote. Feeling snubbed by two girls waiting at a bus stop, he turned his car around and splashed his latte all over them, then sped off. Soon after, he began devising a plan to get his revenge on all of the young people living the life he wanted. He named it his Day of Retribution. Elliot inevitably destroyed his laptop and had to go buy a new one. Across the street from the store was a gun range. He thought what a better way to pass the time while planning his day of retribution than to get some shooting practice in. He wrote in his manifesto, quote, I didn't even bother to register for college classes that semester. There was no point. 
I believed that I would either fulfill my dream of becoming wealthy at a young age in order to be worthy enough to attract beautiful women or exact my revenge upon the world and die in the process to escape punishment. There was no other path for me. End quote. Believe it or not, he convinced himself that he would win the lottery and get the millions of dollars he wanted, but of course that was no use. He called his parents and told them of his desperate loneliness, and they set him up to talk to a psychiatrist when he came home over winter break from school. It was also now, before he was to visit home, that Elliot began purchasing handguns. He then went home for a visit, where his mother took him and his little sister to England to visit relatives over Christmas. At first, he hadn't wanted to go, but when Chin told him the tickets were first class, he changed his mind. He said, quote, I have always had a penchant for luxury, opulence, and prestige, end quote. Once the vacation was over, he went back to his room in Isla Vista and brooded. He convinced himself that he hated and raged against all women, that their very existence was the cause of all of his inner torment, including the women who cared over him in his childhood. He began filming himself, talking about his woes and uploading them to YouTube. Here are some clips. Hey, Elliot Roger here. I'm just sitting in my car right now. After watching that beautiful sunset descend beyond that hill up there, enjoying a nice vanilla latte, I've been doing a lot of thinking about how sad and unfair my life has been, all because girls haven't been attracted to me. I've had to rot in bleak, and sad loneliness. I mean, you give a chance to all these stupid, obnoxious guys that I see, that I see you walking with, but you don't give a chance to me. Why not? I'm, I'm such a magnificent guy. I'm beautiful. You can't deny that. I'm civilized, intelligent, sophisticated. I have a sense of style. You girls don't see it. It's, it's not fair. I deserve them more. I don't understand you girls. It's like your sexual attraction is flawed. It's perverted. This world is so twisted. Hey, Elliot Roger here. I'm just sitting in my car right now, enjoying the view of the beach. And my view has been ruined by this sight right here. In front of me, sitting right there on that bench, is a young couple. I was enjoying such a nice view until they came and sat down and started kissing. This is the reason why life isn't fair. Why can't I experience something like that? I have to show everyone why I hate the world. Because no girl would do this with me. I hate them. I hate them so much. It's not fair. Life is not fair.
Okay, Elliot Roger here. I'm up in the hills in Montecito right now. It's truly a beautiful day. But, as I've always said, a beautiful environment is the darkest hell if you have to experience it all alone. And sadly, I've been alone for a very long time. And my problem is girls. I don't know why you girls are so repulsed by me. I dress nice. I'm sophisticated and magnificent. I have a nice car, a BMW. I'm polite. I'm the ultimate gentleman. Look at how fabulous I look. And yet, you girls, you never give me a chance. And that's just such an injustice because I'm so magnificent. I deserve girls much more than all those slobs I see at my college who are somehow able to walk around with beautiful girls. I mean, look at me. I'm gorgeous. But you girls don't see it. I should be the one with the girls. But you never give me a chance. It's such an injustice. I don't know why you girls hate me so much. I've always wished I could ask you this, and this is my way of asking you this. This is the only way I can ask you. Hey, Elliot Roger here. Right now I'm just taking a walk through the park in this really nice secluded area. I'm just contemplating about my life how unfair it's been lately. Ever since I started desiring girls, but they never desired me back. Life has been a living hell since then. Right now it's spring break. Everyone else my age is out having fun with their friends and their girlfriends. Here I am, taking lonely walks through a park. During the spring of 2013, he stumbled upon a website which was a forum full of men who are, quote, starved for sex, as he put it. He stated it was very depressing, but he also found it quite insightful. It did nothing but reiterate his feeling that the world is cruel and bleak due to the evilness of women. He had decided women needed to be punished. He made the decision to exact his day of retribution in Isla Vista because on weekend nights, the streets were usually always flooded with young couples. But alas, he convinced himself that if just one attractive woman had shown some level of attraction to him, the day of retribution wouldn't have to happen. He decided he would kill every single person in Isla Vista and then himself before the police could get to him. The psychiatrist that his parents had him see prescribed him risperidone, which is commonly prescribed to people to treat bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, or irritability associated with autistic disorder. It is an antipsychotic primarily. He flat out refused to take the medication. And then, when Sumaya began bragging that his little brother, Jazz, had already signed with a talent agent to be in commercials, Elliot became jealous. 
She boasted that by the time Jazz was Elliot's age, he would be a successful actor. It was at this very moment that he decided that he would also kill Jazz on his day of retribution because he would, quote, not allow the boy to surpass me at everything, to live the life I've always wanted, end quote. And killing Jazz meant killing Sumaya as well, and he felt that would be easy enough. But not long after he had posted all of those videos to YouTube, the police came knocking on his door. He answered, worried someone had figured out his plan. He discovered that his mother had been told about his videos, watched them, and called for help to be sent to her young son. Unfortunately, he was able to talk to them in a way that they felt he was no threat, and they left without searching his room. Some of his final words in his manifesto, which are a bit triggering, are this. Quote, The ultimate evil behind sexuality is the human female. They are the main instigators of sex. They control which men get it and which men don't. Women are flawed creatures, and my mistreatment at their hands has made me realize this sad truth. There is something very twisted and wrong with the way their brains are wired. They think like beasts, and in truth, they are beasts. Women are incapable of having morals or thinking rationally. They are completely controlled by their depraved emotions and vile sexual impulses. Because of this, the men who do get to experience the pleasures of sex and the privilege of breeding are the men who women are sexually attracted to, the stupid, degenerate, obnoxious men. The most beautiful of women choose to mate with the most brutal of men instead of magnificent gentlemen like myself. Women should not have the right to choose who to mate and breed with. That decision should be made for them by rational men of intelligence, end quote. Now, he keeps going and it gets much worse, but quite frankly, I just can't read any more of that repugnant bullshit after reading that entire nauseating manifesto to begin with. Again, if you want to read it for yourself, I've linked it down in the notes. So during the evening of May 23rd, 2014, Elliot attacked and killed three men, two of them his college roommates, and the other was just a visitor, by stabbing them to death. In fact, he stabbed one 15 times, another 25 times, and the last a total of 94 times. Can you imagine the anger and rage it takes to stab a man 97 times? He then left, drove to Starbucks, and ordered a triple vanilla latte. Around 8.30 p.m., Elliot was seen sitting in his car in the parking lot of his apartment building. Hi, Elliot Roger here. Well, this is my last video. It all has to come to this. Tomorrow is the day of retribution, the day in which I will have my revenge against humanity, against all of you. I'm 22 years old, and I'm still a virgin, and it has been very torturous. It's not fair. 
You girls have never been attracted to me. I don't know why you girls aren't attracted to me, but I will punish you all for it. I don't know what you don't see in me. I'm the perfect guy, and yet you throw yourselves at all these obnoxious men. Instead of me, the supreme gentleman, I will punish all of you for it. You will finally see that I am, in truth, the superior one, the true alpha male. <laughs> yes. Well, now I will be a god compared to you. You will all be animals. You denied me a happy life. And in turn, I will deny all of you life. It's only fair. I hate all of you. <laughs> I've waited a long time for this. I can't wait to give you exactly what you deserve. Utter annihilation. <laughs> Where he uploaded his final video titled Retribution at 9.17 p.m., he then emailed his manifesto to specific people, including both of his parents and his therapist. The therapist quickly skimmed through and, alarmed, called Chen. Chen found his latest video and immediately called Peter. In separate vehicles, his parents raced from Los Angeles to Santa Barbara, each calling the police while driving. In the meantime, Elliot drove to the Alpha Phi sorority house, got out of his car, knocked on the front door a few minutes, then just started opening fire on people nearby outside. Two women were killed and another injured. He got back into his car and began driving again. He shot a gun into an unoccupied coffee shop and also into a deli, Inside the deli, a man was struck several times and died. Elliot turned onto another street, crossed to the wrong side of the road, running over someone walking while also shooting at two people on the sidewalk. Luckily, he missed them. He shot a woman on a bicycle and a young couple walking out of a pizza place. He then turned onto another street, shot at another woman, but thankfully missed, made a U-turn in the middle of the street, and at this point, a sheriff's deputy was on his trail. He shot at the policeman and struck two more pedestrians. He turned down yet another street where he shot and injured three more people, then ran over with his car, a skateboarder, and two cyclists. Another turn and another cyclist ran over by his car, then Elliot shot two other men. At the next turn, he found himself under gunfire by three sheriff's deputies, and he took a bullet to the hip. The police began chasing him as he sped off. He hit yet another person on a bicycle, then crashed his car on the sidewalk near an intersection. He was stuck at that point, so he took his guns and ended his own life. At 9.35 p.m., he was found dead in his car, less than 20 minutes from his upload to YouTube until he was gone. They found in his car with him three pistols, knives, 
six empty 10-round magazines, and 548 rounds of unused ammunition. In the end, he had killed six people and wounded 14 others by either shooting them or running them over. And this, folks, this is just one story. There are so many others who have murdered in the United States, suspected ones in the UK, Canada, and who knows how many others that haven't hit the headlines who call themselves incels. You might think that, while this is serious, it's not a problem to the level of needing intervention. Well, the U.S. Secret Service disagrees. A new report from the U.S. Secret Service described a rising threat from men who identify as incels. The report itself was prepared by the National Threat Assessment Center and highlights behavioral threat themes identified in years of research examining targeted violence. Themes, of course, include concerning and threatening communications, concerning online content, chronic and acute stressors, elicited concern in others, interpersonal difficulties, history of being bullied, financial instability, failed life aspirations, and lack of consequences. The actual study goes on to say, quote, It is further important to note that misogynistic violence is not restricted to high-profile incidents of mass violence. Misogyny frequently appears in more prevalent acts of violence, including stalking and domestic abuse. No matter the context, responding to the threat posed by these beliefs requires collaboration across multiple community systems, including law enforcement, courts, mental health providers, and domestic violence and hate crime advocacy groups. End quote. And what really pushed me to cover this was, one, I had been wanting to cover Elliot for a long time, and two, I am a TikTok user. For those of you who also use this social media platform will understand exactly what I'm about to say. That platform has all of a sudden seemed to have given everyone a voice that perhaps they hadn't felt they had before, and... The discussion of women and how terrified they are of all men is a running theme on my For You page. Most all men post about how horrible other men are for the misogynistic things that are said by other men on that app, which is quite appalling if you've seen some of it. I will say it right now. Most men are well-meaning good humans. I'm actually a big supporter of the Men Too movement. Let's all keep in mind Mr. Johnny Depp, okay? Middle-aged men are not the enemy they've been made out to be for the last handful of years. So, what do we do? What's the solution? How do we cope with and handle these incels? Many are probably telling me now that early intervention is the best prevention. I would agree. But in Elliot's case, it has come out that he had been in and out of serious therapy since he was eight years old. Bullies terrorized him during most of his youth. He became increasingly isolated, and after turning 18, he began to refuse mental health treatment, and we know he refused to take any medications. I don't blame his parents. They did overindulge him, but what good parent doesn't want to, to a degree? 
Most of us know you can't do that to children, but to see the joy on their faces when they get something they really wanted is rewarding for the parents as well. It was also said that after his parents divorced and the normal child support had been set, Chin had petitioned the court to raise the child support amount due to care complications of Elliot's autism. Some sources said that Elliot was diagnosed with PDD-NOS, which stands for Pervasive Development Disorder Not Otherwise Specified. It is now known as atypical autism, autistic tendencies or traits in people. I have that. Symptoms of atypical autism, according to VeryWellHealth.com, vary, but are atypical or inappropriate social behavior, difficulty with fine or large motor skills, visual or spatial organization or cognitive skills, delays in speech or language comprehension, difficulty with transitions, which Elliot displayed, deficits in nonverbal and or verbal communication, which he also displayed, increased or decreased sensitivities to taste, sight, sound, smell, and or touch, repetitive or ritualistic behaviors. Now, I cannot prove that he was definitively diagnosed with atypical autism. Watching him speak in his videos and reading his own words makes me think it might be correct, though. He definitely displayed serious narcissistic behaviors as well. So, what's to be done? Since Elliot's parents were both very much involved in his life, both were loving and spent time with him, took him on vacations, tried to get him the help and therapy he needed, I cannot put any blame on them. I just can't. Kids do not come with a book, but I think they did better than most parents and especially with their co-parenting. I also think that the bullying situation needs serious fucking addressing. Back in my day, bullies were to be endured to a degree, but if it went too far and they put their hands on you, well, you could throw hands back. Put them in their place. Now that I am older, I feel that some of the bullying is learned behavior from circumstances within their own homes. I also think some of it is that parents just don't seem to hold their kids accountable and show consistency in their discipline. But who knows? I don't. What could have prevented Elliot's rampage? Getting him laid? I doubt it. His parents having him change schools due to the bullying and his overall unhappiness didn't work. Escaping into the fantasy world of video games didn't work. So I ask this of my beloved murder family. Open dialogue here. What do you think should be done? More gun control is off the table. As you and I both know, there's a whole other argument. And he used knives and his car. But outside of that, what could have been done? What are some possible answers? Please leave me a comment if you are watching. Send me a DM on Instagram at serial underscore killing. Or email me at serialkillinginstagram at gmail.com. There are several ways to contact me. I implore you, tell me what you think could be done. I'll share your thoughts and questions in a YouTube Live when I get them gathered. How about that? Thanks so much for listening, guys, and have a great day.